I was in a Starbucks the other day. I live in the suburbs now. And I'm not going to go into a whole monologue about why I go to Starbucks or, you know, Starbucks is corporate bullshit. And maybe it is, whatever. I don't care. I, I live in the suburbs and it's easy for me to stop at a Starbucks on the way back and grab coffee. And sometimes I use the Wi-Fi to do work. So I'm there and something occurred to me. I was sitting and I'm doing work. And across from me, there was this kid. He had to be like 10 or 12 years old. And he's watching a iPad or a huge Android phone. I don't know what the, the difference is. But there's this, you know, smartphone. And he's watching it. And I, I saw this from across the room because what he was watching, the stuff that was coming off of the screen, was so intense. It was like vibrant and flashy. It looked like fireworks and video games and and Valentine's Day and July 4th and Saturday morning cartoons all in one. And I don't know if it was a commercial. I don't know if it was an advertisement. I don't know if it was a film or a movie. I don't know if it was a, a, a YouTube video. I don't know what it was, but it caught my attention. And I thought about it for a second, and I realized that I'm over 30. And I started looking back on my own life and realized that I had the privilege of growing up and not having the intense media exposure that kids today have. I said, kids, see what I'm doing? See how I'm fucking doing this? I'm saying kids today. This is what happens when you turn 30. You start saying kids today because you look at the world differently. I'm looking at the world differently. I have a two-year-old. I'm thinking about things like that. When you don't have kids, you don't think about things like that. I'm thinking about things about through her eyes, through her lens. What is she going to see? What is the world that she's growing up in? And you hear this kind of rhetoric when you're growing up, but when you don't have it, when you don't have kids to relate to the rhetoric that you hear, you can't really connect to it. It's just sort of just like empty words or slogans. But now it all makes sense. Even when, even fucking bullshit lines like, you know, and I say bullshit now, but you know, we're like, the children are our future. These shit, it becomes so generic. But when you have kids, you're like, yes, they are our future. And it actually has meaning to it because you connect something human to it. You connect a face, you connect a soul, you connect a living being. And when I think about this, I, it, it scares me. Because when I return to the table and I'm sitting now in 2015 in that Starbucks, it's not the same world that I grew up in, obviously. But I was lucky in the sense that I, I crossed paradigms. People my age, I guess millennials, people my age, 30, 28, 29, 30 to 34, like that, that range. We grew up at a time when you still had rotary phones in some of our houses, or at least I did. My mom was a hippie. Or you still played outside for most of the day. Or there was, you know, exposure to long-form storytelling. Or you would watch movies that lasted longer than an hour and 15 minutes. It was not, a, it was not uncommon for me to sit and watch The Godfather, you know, three hours. I could listen to the radio endlessly. Um, conversations were prevalent all the time in my, with my friends and my family. My grandfather was a great storyteller. 
Oh, that was my first, that was my master's degree in storytelling. Sitting in the car with him, driving from uh, Medina, where I where I spent most of my youth, and driving up to the Cleveland area, listening to his stories. And I didn't have a phone or a smartphone or a tablet. I didn't. We didn't really, you know, internet at the time wasn't really functional. You had you had dial up, and it was horrifically slow, which actually was a beautiful thing. Because at the time, you weren't dependent on the internet for your job or for your work or anything like that. You just, you were dependent on it for for seeking information, which was awesome. And almost, it served as like an amazing cliffhanger at the time. I remember like hitting the refresh button on one of our first computers and just waiting, you know, that dial up. And then you get set up. And then when you click a website that thing would take 15 minutes to load up. And I would have time to go into the kitchen, make a sandwich, come back, and it would just be loading up. And you would, I would spend, I remember, 15 to 20 minutes just to read an article on one page. Now, it wasn't efficient. But it was, it was connected in the sense that I valued the information. I valued it. I valued that experience, and I was able to take you know, one website and really kind of explore it, really read the article or, or explore what was on that site because I knew that it would take me over three hours to explore all the other, you know, websites, you know. And, and so with limited access came appreciation. And so when I see this, this kid looking at this video, the thing that scared me was his eyes were dead. And I say his eyes were dead because when I looked at him, it wasn't, it wasn't that he's a bad person, but the way he was ingesting, the way he was consuming the media, from my perception, was that of someone who was numb to it. I mean, I saw this stuff. I was sitting, you know, 10, 12 feet away, and this shit got my attention off of his phone. This shit was so alarming, visually intense that it actually pulled my consciousness away from my coffee, away from the, the article I was writing, and I'm, I'm pulled to his screen. And yet when he's looking at it, it's not that he's so absorbed emotionally, because I, I looked at him, I wanted to see, was he reacting to things on the screen? It was just like he was plugged in and just ingesting it with no reaction through his eyes and his ears and his senses. And maybe this was just me making an assumption, but it scared the hell out of me. Because I'm nervous that we are not affected by things in the way that we once were. Maybe this is me being over 30 and, and being scared of our future. Maybe that's what happens to people when you grow up. You start saying, oh, the world's coming to an end. And I'm optimistic. But I'm looking at this because I'm looking through the eyes of my two-year-old. And I'm thinking, I don't want her to look at media the way this kid in Starbucks is. I want her to cringe when she sees something on television. I want her to cringe when she sees someone get hurt. That, that should be a natural reaction to things. I remember because of the way I grew up that when I watched movies or when I watched film as technology advanced and, and, and movies became more, I guess, real in a way uh, or, or the ability for storytelling kind of expanded and and even I, you were able to see more stuff because you're on the internet and, and more stuff is coming to you and you're seeing things that maybe you did, that were shielded from you by your parents 
or by the school, when I was starting to get exposure to stuff that was harsh or dangerous or violent, I reacted to it in a visceral way. I didn't like it. It scared me. It turned me off. And I don't think that's because I'm a good person. I think it was just because naturally, when you're not accustomed to that, seeing that stuff all the time in such a intense way all the time, that seems to be a, a good reaction to have because it's real. It makes what you're seeing real. You, you don't look over it. You don't look, you're not numb to it. And so my fear, I guess, is that I don't want, well, the world's moving this way, so fuck what I want. <sighs> right? But maybe I don't want my daughter. And I have a, I have a girlfriend who has a four-year-old. I don't want her consuming media in that way where they have dead eyes. Because maybe it leads to other things. Maybe it means that the way they process empathy and treat people changes. Maybe that means that. Maybe not. Because this is sort of a frontier. They don't have the training that I had, or I would, when I, and when I say training, they don't have the, the luxury of living a life without that kind of stuff. I mean, it was, you know, my, when I first got introduced to, to video games, it was like, it was like the, uh, uh, you know, like Atari and stuff like that. These were simplistic sort of games. And so, but they, and they weren't part of our everyday life. We, I wasn't, on the internet, on my phone all the time, getting bombarded with information. There was time and space to think and formulate opinions and ideas and to read. And I guess even the media that I did consume on the television was limited, but it was more meaningful. It was more meaningful, in my opinion. But maybe I'm just a 30-year-old who's old now, and I don't get it. But I'm nervous. And I'm a hypocrite because I use it all the time for my work. I mean, I'm right now I'm recording this on a smartphone. But see, the advantage that I have is that I can discern. And I'm nervous that when you don't grow up with, with the other side, when you don't grow up with another perspective that grounds you in the basis. I'm grounded in being in the 80s and 90s and having to listen to cassettes and appreciating how long it takes to load a web page and knowing a world where that didn't exist, knowing a world where I could go back and listen to a record, knowing a world what it's, what it's like to listen to a full album of music and understand an experience or having to buy or purchase an album in the store, knowing a world where I could sit and watch an entire movie and it wouldn't lose my attention. I would actually be deeper into it. Knowing a world where I could go an entire day and just have conversations. That's, that's the world that I'm rooted in. And so when I'm, when I'm faced with having to you know, adapt to technology, I can do that and maybe not lose myself as much because I know what's real. I know what's real. And I'm, I'm nervous for that kid. I'm nervous and I feel badly for that kid who's able to look at something so intense and consume media that's so jarring and not react to it in a way for me that appears human. And I, I'm nervous for that because then we wonder why we treat each other in inhumane ways or we lack empathy or we don't connect to issues in a way in which we we fight for a world that's that's better for our kids. 
where we disassociate with things around us because we live in a world of sound bites and we live in a world of of vine videos and things like that. And so I don't think there's a social action around it. I don't know if there's anything you can do. I'll tell you what I do. I know in, in my home is I don't have cable anymore. One, it's cost efficient. Two, I've noticed it's changed the way that, that I've been living. Used to have TV all the time in the house. But now I listen to the radio, always have, but even more, a read. And there's a really crazy thing that happens. I have conversations all the time. And that's what I do for a living. I have conversations. I do monologues. I speak to people. But I'm saying when the camera's off and the recording devices are off, actually have conversations. My girlfriend and I can talk for hours. She's built that way too. But to talk for hours. And I could talk for hours. And you really get to know someone. And then you start doing things in the house that are different. You start you know, going outside and planting flowers and you start cooking and you start just having talks about life and all these kind of things. And this is the, this is what I always enjoyed, but man, even just taking that element of television away has, has maybe brought me back, um, to what it was like when I was a kid and, and, and maybe it's nostalgic. I don't know, but I'm telling you it's breeding something important. It's reinforcing something that I've always known that there is value in simplicity. There is value in real human interaction. That's why I love the theater. That's why I love the radio in a way, uh, because it's, a, it's just a direct connection with another voice, another idea, another way of looking at things. And you actually have to listen. I mean, this, this recording I'm looking now is it's almost 14 minutes. I can't believe that. 14 minutes. And if anybody's still listening to this, congratulations. Because you're doing better than most of us. And maybe this conversation resonated with you. God, I don't want to see anybody else with, with dead eyes. It just, it frightens me in terms of the future that we have to look forward to. But maybe we'll adapt as we do. And figure out a way to find ourselves, to find our humanity. That's, that's always the search. That's always the search.